Welcome back. Uh, we've missed you. We hope you've missed us. It's been a long 12 weeks, but finally we're here. And as we are recording, we are only six days from the big kickoff. Let me first introduce who we have with us tonight on the original QPR podcast. I have to my left co-founder of the QPR podcast, Paul Finney. I've been promoted again. Is this good? I used to live in a broom cupboard. So predictable. <laughs> Six, this is our sixth season, you know. Six. Sixth season, still the same gags. Um, our well, semi. You'll get, get better. We, <laughs> we also have our semi to his left, which is Clive Whittingham from Loft for Words. Hello. Hello, Clive. Good summer? Amazing, yeah. You're, you're yeah. looking nice and brown. I know. We're, You've we're, been described as a semi before. Okay, yeah, every time I come every on Every time here. he comes yeah. on, he's our semi. Yeah. Um, like he's attached. Carry on. <laughs> and... <laughs> From the Kilburn Times, is that to give the the esteemed organ its full name? Brenton Kilburn Times. Uh, Brenton Kilburn Times, I beg your pardon. Uh, Sean Gallagher, uh, welcome. Um, so this is the season opener podcast for what is going to be, as I've said, our sixth season of the podcast. Um, if this is the first time you've heard us, welcome. Um, thanks for listening. We are a weekly podcast for all QPR fans, by QPR fans. We usually record on Monday nights throughout the season. Um, asterisk subject to change as they say um, you can follow us on Twitter at QPR podcast you can follow, you can uh, join our page on Facebook if you look for the new QPR podcast which is now about two and a half years old that page um, and you can find us on iTunes if you want to find anything just go to our website at qprpod.co.uk before we launch into the QPR chat I, I just want to start the podcast the first podcast of the season by saying a big thank you uh, we've had a lot of support from um, listeners in recent weeks so as many of you know the podcast is free but we do have our own costs to see to so we launched uh, the pod squad this season which was an extension of a patron scheme that we did last year which is basically anybody that is able to or would like to um, can support us so we had a thing going um, where you could support um Sorry, the pod squad, I beg your pardon, which I just mentioned, where uh, you get free entry to our end of season pod, a seat in this very studio for one of our regular season podcasts and a number of other other benefits. We've nearly sold out of that. So people are very, very generous. If you're still interested, go to our website and click on support the show. And that is the end of the commercial messages, at least for now. And thank you. Without you, we are nothing. Indeed. Finney cider doesn't pay for itself. Exactly. Exactly. I've been off the cider. Mm. Finney takes an annual dividend of one cider (laughs) from this show. Um, Actually, that's not true. I found that Weatherspoons do gluten-free beer. Just saying. uh, How different is that to normal beer? Well, it hasn't got wheat in it for a start. No, but taste-wise. I don't know. Because you've never tasted normal beer. Right. Okay. (laughs) Chocolate Um, oranges are also available at Royal (laughs) Instance. Okay, so first thing I want to ask you, there's actually loads to go through because as with every pre-season, it's a very busy time. Um, Your highlights of the summer, gentlemen, and we'll start with the most obvious France-based Will Griggs is on fire one from my esteemed colleague and friend Paul Finney. Paul, what was your highlight of the summer? That was all right. (laughs) 
Um, it was, it was, it was. I've never been to a major championship before, saying no in Ireland, because I was too young for Spain and I couldn't afford to go to Mexico, so it was nice. And also, they were World Cups. This was European Championships, first one. Nice to see a QPR player do himself pretty well. I thought against small mm-hmm. class defenders, did all right. Um, went with another QPR fan called Alan, and we ended up in a flea pit in the middle of Paris, and we couldn't sleep because we were getting bitten all night by fleas. It's a true story, that. And I got the top. It was great. To be honest, it was like you, I kind of fell in love with a football game. Did you just very quickly say you got the top? Yeah, I got a yeah, top bunk. Okay. And I was scared of falling off. Like yeah. it was, it was terrifying. And I couldn't. How get many s- games did you go to? I got to three out of four. Three separate trips. Yeah. So you're popular at home. That'll never happen. I've never been, <laughs> I haven't been home in about thirty years. No, it's it, it was it was amazing because I met loads of QPR fans out there. In fact, um, a couple of QPR fans who are English came out just to see, for the crack and everything else. So it's good to see some QPR fa- flags at the game. And it's 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 worth doing anyway. It never happened to us again, and I loved it. It was friggin' brilliant, and um, beating Ukraine was brilliant. Apart from, I felt really guilty for the Ukrainian fans because they were very nice. And if I may try and steer you back to the main subject of the podcast, which is QPR, what's your QPR highlight of the summer? Well, you see, that's an interesting one because I kind of buggered all my money up in France, so I couldn't go to Holland, which I was gutted about because Neil and the Dutch lads are brilliant and they, they put on a really good show for the, the lads that went out there and females, of course. And um, it was, it, I, I would love to have done that, so I didn't get doing that. Just seeing the players come in and getting that new pre-season hope, hype, expectations and we've got Swindon in the cup. So there you go. Up until then, I'm absolutely ecstatic about the season. Clive? Assuming you don't want chapter and verse on how my rugby league team got good after 30 years of being dreadful. Um, it's mainly another podcast, yeah, but you, probably. Can, you can give us a couple of We'll nice indulge you for a couple of sentences. No, that's fine. That's, 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 that's yeah, fine. Well done. Who's been your nice. rugby league team? Hull FC. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. And mine's Hull Kingston Rovers. Okay. Yes, which is, like, I've but often told you, is just like, to be contrary, right? That's like supporting a Chelsea and Luton hybrid. It's just, uh, anyway. <laughs> so uh, QPR highlights this. So we'll probably on balance was signing Jordan Cousins. Um, he'll no doubt fall flat on his face and turn out to be a terrible signing. Yeah. Now, I've said that, but I just think in the current market where everything's so costly to sign uh, a player of that ability, that age, who played really well against us last season in a position that we desperately needed to strengthen for for that money, I was amazed um, that it happened. Really, and delighted, and he, he played very well on on uh, Saturday against Watford. So. That was that's been the QPR highlight for me so far. And don't forget the kit. That was going to be mine. <laughs> I'll do mine then. Oopsies. I mean, it's not really. I, it didn't have a big monologue prepared, but the kit, the kit's fantastic. It seems to have been met with universal approval. There are hoops. There's a decent badge on it. When I say the kit, I would almost put the kit and the badge together as one subject title. It's almost like a. Would metaphor be the right word? A metaphor for kind of the return to sanity that perhaps we're seeing with the club, the return to stability, the not doing things in a stupid way. The you know, the kind of the days of the Nike deal and someone at the club said to me, you know, the Nike Nike weren't everything that they were supposed to that they cracked up to be. Well, you know, no shit. Of course, we we all saw that coming. I like the fact that we're with dry world whoever they are and they seem very nice people but I like the fact that we're with kind of a sort of honest new like kit manufacturer who just want to produce the kit that the fans want and we've got a lovely set of strips not too sure on that third one but whatever it's the third strip lovely set of strip 
hoops that go round and a badge that reminds people of better there's, there's times. There's never a reason why we should never have full hoops in a show, ever. And I refuse to accept there ever could be. But it's as perfect DNA QPR as you can get. Well done, Daniel Norris, for the badge, by the way. Yes. Well, I saw it on Saturday for the first time. Obviously, people were sort of walking around the pub. And it looks even better mm. but in, in the flesh. It's the nicest, nicest shirt we've had it's for so long. Stylish. And uh, if just coming back to the night point, if you see the teams that have got Nike this year, Nike's kits this year are even worse than they ever were before, including Hartlepool, Coventry, St. Johnston, and about three other teams that play in sort of blue and white have all been given an identical blue and white striped kit that fades at the top. It's like, what have we got lying all around can, the warehouse? All I can compare it to, I'm sorry that I was to bring misery into the room, the England-European kit was vile. I'm not English. So it suited the team perfectly, yeah. I thought. It wasn't good. I mean, that's, that's Nike all over. They just seem to just throw darts at something and then pick it. I, um, I, and I also saw that with the kids' kit, obviously, because we've got a, um, a betting sponsor, with the kids' kit, you actually don't get smart kits on it. And although it looks a bit weird because it's a blank kit and you see the players on the pitch wearing the sponsor one, I actually think there's a sort of timeless quality to the kids' kit, and I actually even, I like it even more. I'm going to get one for my daughter. I, I think it's a really good-looking kit with and without the sponsor. I would pay more to not the worst sponsor's name, just have blue and white. Well, hope. just be under 16, and you can have one. <laughs> I better see him hope. Um, <laughs> Sean? Um, well, I think we've missed a big point here, the Dry World Cup winners. Proud moment for Ned and Manure, so... <laughs> so I mean, um, no, I think, I think if we're looking back, um, obviously Brentford... And maybe had a bit of the bragging rights finishing end of us last season shouldn't shouldn't have happened for a start. Um, I think taking Jake Bidwell, who is their best player, I feel like by far, my opinion is to taking him. That's a big sign. I, th- I think it's intent. It's um, I think in that area we've got two two of the best left backs in the league really. So I think I remember when Martin Rowlands joined joined Rangers. I think it was in the summer two thousand three. That kind of galvanised the place. Mm. Galvanised the place that summer. And he was a massive player. Rowlands wasn't he in that? Um, Promotion-winning campaign, so I think yeah, he's, that was a. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised with that one actually. It was a, I wasn't sure if I thought there may be a few other teams in for him, so I think that'd be mine. Yeah. At that price as well, I don't really understand. I mean, I don't keep up with with Brentford a lot. I'm, a, a Brentford fan that I know sort of begrudgingly admitted that he'd never he can't remember Bidwell ever having a bad game, which mm. is, which is, sounds good. But why I don't understand why that price. I'm sure like Brentford are known for being sort of think, hard bargainers and things like that. How did we get him so I think cheap? Well, the year left in his contract, I think, and obviously, I think, and he's, he's the, the offer they came to him. He wasn't he, he wasn't going to. He told me he wasn't going to sign a new deal. Okay. So I suppose in that aspect, well, they've got think, a youth team left back as well coming through. That they yeah, quite I think offering well, a new contract. Okay. So I think it can be up to two million. But obviously Everton get fifty percent of that as well. So they haven't got a lot really out of it. Brentford obviously done well there. Everton obviously when they sold him, but yeah. That's, that's probably. I think that's a very good deal. QPR are doing shrewd deals. Can you imagine being a Brentford fan? Look, you're sitting there for like your, your wee moment of time. You're like, yes, we've finished the problem. Mm. Yes, and then you bastards. Yeah, it yeah. must be. And he is called it. It's like mm. he could be new indoors. He's you know steady, does his job. And they're the best. They're the best fullbacks you want. Well, it's got to be an improvement on Konchesky, isn't it? I mean, you could probably have exhumed my. My mum's an improvement yeah, yeah. on Konchesky. I was going to say you could have exhumed my grandmother, and she would have been better than Konchesky. But it's an immediate improvement down the left side of that team, isn't it? <laughs> Good luck to Bachelinum. Okay, is that where he is? Yeah, he's yeah, rapidly descending to a level more appropriate for his skill set. Yes, indeed. Uh, Getting closer to the channel. <laughs> my, my I, I know we were sort of I'm cheating by having a second highlight, but my, my second highlight was the fact that 
everything was so bloody sensible this summer. There wasn't the sort of QPR summers of past of giving it large, we're going to be the biggest... Have, let's have a press conference to tell everyone we're going to be an amazing brand. And I work in that world and I still don't know what that means. It was just sort of let's get on with our business and try and get good deals for players and try and start pre-season early and work the players hard and keep the players we want and get rid of the players we don't want and nothing too controversial. There's still a few to get rid of. Well, of course, and there, and there, and there, there is going to be because that's got a long tail, that legacy of, of kind of overplayed players. But do you not think that we've played our expectations down so far? We might have entered the LDV by mistake as well. <laughs> that worries me because I've seen that the academy sides have entered that as well, so it could be another cup we'd be out of. Is that right? Yeah. Have they? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a total a farce. That, we could do the whole show on that. Isn't let's, it called um, the Everton defender now, isn't it? It's not the LDV vans. Um, John Stones. Now we've moved uh, on from that, that as well. well. It's something else now, I think. Okay. Oh, well, it so that enough. gag doesn't work. <laughs> um, right, okay. Um, oh dear. Goings and comings. Because we'll do it the other way around. So, I mean, lots of players went, but the main ones, Hill, Falling Green, Jung Suk Jung, Traore, Rob Green. Of course, we're all gutted about Samba Diakite. We'll get that one out now, blah, blah, blah. But um, any players that we should have kept from that list or others that I've missed I would have kept Fallen clearly because I love Fallen um, I think the best are fair enough Clint Hill would have been great to be a coach and a good squad player to have around the dress room but he clearly maybe wants to play more games I don't know so he's going to Scotland to keep Joey company now you can't I mean what's the bet that Green's going to have an absolute blinder yeah. oh, sorry, <laughs> I think I you just, I can just see, see that coming a mile off. That Green, I mean, Green will be a terrible signing for Leeds because he is a terrible goalkeeper, but he will play really well against us on, on day one. Okay. Anyone who believes it was a good decision to have got rid of Fallen? Somebody else think, go first. I, I think all good things come to an end. Um, I think the club have stood by Fallon during kind of, kind of three separate injuries. I think they can't. They've stood by him. Um, I don't think he was the same player. I know he played thirty times last season, and I thought he'd done all right. But I didn't think he was, he's not the same player as he once no. was. And, and, and to be fair to him, he's had three horrible injuries. And he's done very well to get back to the level where he's at. But I think I, I think the correct decision was made there. He wanted to be playing every week, week in, week out. And clearly, I think this, you look at the signs QPR's made. He was never going to get in that midfield, was he? I think if you look in the midfield now, I think I, I don't think you got, you got Jordan Cousins, those kind of players, and Massimo Longo, and mm. got obviously Carl Henry and Ariel. Boris um, competed for that defensive midfield spot so I think yeah correct decision made and good luck to him I hope he gets another championship let me tell you it's a blow for the QPR podcast yeah I know <laughs> he, 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 he represents himself well the, the club did know. stand by him, but he yeah. did stand by the club but also he was on pay as you play deals as well yeah. which a lot of players wouldn't do so I'm not sure about this he never struck me as a prima donna who would demand to play every week um, I don't think he's like that I, I just think it's sad that he's gone I wish he'd have stayed but what can you do? I think from a pure football, if you'd asked me after Burton Albion last week where I thought we, had, we were particularly poor and there was a lot of long balls being knocked and we couldn't play through midfield, then I might have, you know, I might have sort of rode back on this a little bit. But we, we looked a lot better against Watford on Saturday mm. and you can't read a lot into pre-season. But for me, central midfield was our biggest problem last year. It wasn't athletic enough to get up and down the pitch. It posed no attacking threat at all. We scored two goals from central midfield last year. Henry got one on the last day. Toza got one at Sheffield Wednesday. Luongo got none. Falling got none. Mm. You know, that's, your central midfielders need to be chipping in with five or six goals. They were so slow 
that we always had to pick three of them, which in turn meant we could only pick one striker, which in turn was bad for Washington. So we, we, you had to play Poulter up front by himself because we always had to pick three central midfielders. Look what happened in the Fulham home game when we played with two central midfielders. It was a disaster. So we needed athleticism and legs and youth and things in there, which we don't know if the Polish lad is going to bring that, but Cousins certainly will. Mm. We maybe need another body in there, but I can see why they got rid of falling. Like I said, Burton Albion last week, it looked like a terrible mistake. And then on Saturday, it was like, well... And Sean's right, you know, they did stick by him when other clubs wouldn't have done. So you you can't just keep him there forever and ever and ever. But I'm sort of waiting to be convinced, I guess. Um, Okay, and and incoming, um, well, there's Bidwell, there's the Polish lad who we refer to because it's just too much effort to try and work out how to pronounce his name. Uh, Lynch, Cousins, and, and I'll add sort of two who I would say come under the banner of new signings, which is... The young lad, Shadipo, who appears to be in the running and appears to be kind of favoured and, uh, and looking at some appearances. And um, Clint Hill's replacement, Stephen Corker. <laughs> well, I mean, that is, that is, that is St- Clint Hill's replacement, isn't it? No, it's Joel, Lin- Joel Lynch. Oh, right, 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 I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think but, I'm gonna, maybe they're going to play Corker until he gets another club. I heard he likes Corker. I'm sure he, that, I'm sure that, he does. Cold, uh, and I think Hull would be, his family's in West London, I think he'd be quite happy to, to stay. But then the day if a Premier League club does come in for you. I think, I'd still think, oh, he's had issues, but I, think, I, feel, I still think he's a very talented player, if I'm being honest. Mm. He doesn't just be, you weren't at Tottenham for no reason, you don't have, get capped for England, do you? I, I still think he's got plenty of, I think he's got plenty of potential. I think maybe has to, you, it, it could be what he needs, maybe, a season in the Championship. If, he got, like if the, he got his head screwed on, he could be the best player in the Championship. I like the look of Hall and Lynch, to be fair, together. I think they both tie up with each other really well. I think either way, it's looking as though, obviously, with Nura as being captain, he has to make season as an integral part of the team. And he's not, well, I can't see Nura being dropped, he's going to be in the team. So he's going to be a right back. He's going to probably play at right back. Because you've got some good centre-halves there, haven't you? Well, you've got Perch as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think I think Colker apparently came back in unbelievable shape for preseason, yeah. like properly focused, and has had a really good preseason. I'm sure Hasselbent does like him, but I mean, even allowing for we can't afford wages like that anymore, he's just about the last sellable asset we have, and I'm sure we'll come on to an FFP discussion at some point when we ask why haven't we bought a striker? But we're going to need to find some money from somewhere over the next 12 months and Corker's about the last person you could sell for any kind of serious serious wedge I think, I think so it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't start the first two games play really well and move right at the end of August and then it would be Hall and Lynch or Anua and Lynch I would be surprised if someone didn't come in for his at Christmas for Hall to be honest with you I think he, he was he was pulling up trees last season like not, you know like in the old days when sounding like Danny Maddox came from Spurs or something like that under the radar came in and, and did such a good job. I think he's he's class. Yeah, exactly as we should be doing that sort, that sort of signing. But let's let's give him difficult second season. Yeah, he's, you know, let's see how, he, he's see had, how he he's goes. had a very good season. There was there's no expectation of him though, was there? So now can he can he continue at the same level? If he does, you'll get yeah. you'll be right. Someone will come and have a look. But yeah. let's let's see. But it's nice to have defensive problems, away right? Rather than just a ball yeah. in the back. Yeah, we've got plenty of options. I think the back yeah. four is a lot better than just, it was yeah, last just season. Just the, just the whip you haven't got really. So where do we need to add? Where do we need to add? The, who's going to talk about a striker, debate a need for a striker or not? Well, it depends if he goes two up top. If he goes two up top, then you, you, we need a finisher. It's not so much a striker. We've got Washington and we've got 
um, Balder, who who played on unbelievably well on really? Saturday. Best I've seen him um, play ever. And you know, mm. you could you get if you get um, Cherry to come in with goals and do what um, Adele did, then you, you're laughing. But it's depend. I would, I think, in the championship, goals get you out of this division. And I would say we need a finisher. But that's just maybe me being greedy. But it depends on what the club want to do. If the club want to finish mid table and keep building, then carry on. That's fine. But if the club want to go above that, then you will need a twenty goal a season. Finisher. I can't see. Yeah. I can't see Jimmy really massively changing around with that four-five-one a lot because you got your Cherry. I think he's your best player. Yeah. I think he's got. You got to have him sitting in the hole behind the striker. It's working well with him, Bolter. And I remember, I remember in the championship with the 2010-11 season, Terraps and, and Helgerson. That works. It's an absolute treat, doesn't it? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't. Know, I think. Yeah. But he had Tommy Smith and Jimmy Mackey. Yeah. Well, then, so there was goals in that I, side. I think Washington potentially could be someone who. Coming on the, off on the wing, but it's, it's just I, I, I don't say I'm, I'm not sure I can see Poulter and Washington playing up front together because then where's Cherry fit into it? Mm. Yeah, they're always they're always going to play with Cherry in his best position because yeah. he's their best player. And I thought I thought it was an actual that was a real statement of intent from Poulter at the weekend. I, I've mm. never seen him play that well. No. He did. I mean, he's normally effective in a sort of humorous, <laughs> clumsy way, but he was yeah. he was actually good against yeah. Watford. Yeah, we can't afford what we need. No, we've we've refurbished the team with the money that came in from Fur. The money from Phillips covers the gap between last season's parachute payment and this season's parachute payment, which is about five. You're a bit clear we're still massively in debt. I know people say we're mm, not debt free, but, but we are. We've, we've still got look. So yes, I'm parachute sure we are. money and transfer money is just very small into the actual pond that we need to fill. Exactly. exactly. I just I think what people sort of ignore I just see a lot on social media of buy a buy an effing striker why don't you buy a striker we're, the market we're in at the moment is so ridiculous I, you would have said that Dwight Gale would be the sort of striker that we could have a little look at you know he's, mm. he's gone to the Premier League and not really made it he's not really in the Palace team he could drop back down to the Championship and maybe rebuild you know you get him for 2 million or whatever he's just cost Newcastle 10 million pounds mm. so you're either faced with going into Europe and trying to pick up someone like Poulter who halfway through last season everybody hated, or you dip down division and try and pick a striker up for for a couple of million quid like we did with Washington, although Roof has cost Leeds three million quid from Oxford. That's a League Two player. Mm. So you can do that, but people are already writing Washington off, saying he's not good enough, we need somebody else. Like We only just made FFP last season, according to Lee Hughes, and he said he was surprised that we did it. And we did it with £10 million from Raheem Sterling, the biggest parachute payment we're going to get, somewhere about £25 million, and £4 million from Austin. So there's no sterling. The parachute payment's £5 or £6 million less this year, and there's no Austin. So that's £20 million quid off last season's budget that isn't there this season. And people are saying, buy a striker in a market where Dwight Gale costs £10 million. I just don't think we can. We no, need- I think they'll get potentially Bidvarsson in. The guy who played for Iceland, I think that's mm. someone I think they will get him. But they're not going to be spending silly as his clothes Four or five millions. It's going to be one or one or two million. What do we know about this Iceland guy? He played obviously in the the Good Euros every game. Yeah, can, can organise the clap. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it looks. It looks decent enough. But everyone's looking, decent, it, look. Everyone's the thing about strikers. Everyone's decent against England. But everyone's everyone's mm. looking for the same player. Everyone's chasing that. I mean, I'm quite. The, the Brighton getting Murray was quite. A, so that was a good sign. That was exactly who. That, that's 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 the one I think, and that's not going to. He won't have gone to Brighton for a packet of Monster Munch. 
No, of course but not. But he was a former yeah, yeah, former you know, It's a good. It's a good. So that's a really good sign, and that would that's a more realistic sign. But if 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 we're hovering above mid-table and we're going to go and have I a cup run, and the club think that's success, and there's no need to break the bank. Cut but if, if we are going towards, I know. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> <It's>, Sorry. <laughs> let's not ruin it. We've got yeah. a week to go, um, and then you're going towards the playoffs. Then. Maybe go back to Southampton and see if wee man wants to come back for six, for a few months and help us on our way. If he's not still knocking on the the, um, the bench at Southampton, well, so if well, it gets to the end of January and we're knocking on the door and mm. you think, well, we've only got another year of parachute payments and the Premier League money's so big, you know, maybe we can have a little tilt in January mm. and get in there. But what the worst thing you can do is go out now, spend like break the bank because Fernandez and the board can afford to do it if they want to ignore FFP and just do it. But if you do that now, look at the strength of the division this year. We're Newcastle, Norwich, Chef Wednesday, Brighton. Mm-hmm. Wolves have got some rich idiot now. Mm-hmm. The worst, we could go said. out, ignore FFP, spend 20 million, still not go up because the division's strong. And then this time next year, we've got transfer embargo, parachute payments coming to an end, and it's dark ages time again. We finished, they finished 12th in the, poor, in the poor division last year. Yeah. It's a lot stronger this year, and everyone's saying, oh, we can push. I don't think the current squad, I don't think playoffs is realistic at all. I it's a freaky division this year, yeah, I think. It's, everybody says the championship's strong every year. Build. It actually is this year. It is. It's, it's the strongest it's been for a long year. I think it's free build. I think anything between 10th and 12th, just keep building on what you're doing and just that's not having like an October, November situation like last year. Or And what do you think Les and Jimmy think is realistic? I know they keep repeating this line, you know, continuous improvement or whatever. What do you think they're realistically pushing for? Well, I think everyone. I know really he's or expecting, expecting. I think they hope to be close to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to say guaranteed. Oh, we will be in the playoffs. I think Les would have said that last year because obviously after the transfer when you got Charlie Austin, Jimmy got Leroy Fern, you got Matty Phillips, and it's a bit different. You, you probably things are going to pan out a bit different. Oh. And he's probably that's. But I don't, I don't, you haven't got, them, haven't got those players now. I don't you? think he'd put his helicopter on as making the playoffs. <laughs> I think, I think to be fair, you got you got Lee Hughes is going to have one direction once a club going to Les and we'll go one way, Jimmy will go the other way, and then you've got Twitter and a chairman. So who knows what way it could go? So you know. So, so I'm not putting words in either of your mouths, and, and I'm sure you'll jump down my throat if you think I am. But I'm getting from you, Paul, that you feel the club are being slightly under ambitious, and I'm getting from you, Clive, that they're being pragmatic. And kind of, you know, dealing with what's in front of them. I'm yeah. not saying under ambitious, I'm just saying they're playing at Diana's before. We overhype anything and we've overhyped so much that this year they're actually not doing it and it just might work better. Just an opinion. Hmm. Um, on the at str- one stage I was waiting for the first QPR player on social media to have a dump, to be honest with you. To what? <laughs> to have a, <laughs> yeah, the, the, old, the, the first... old days when it's somebody's first day at training, sort oh, of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> I just think you look at the squads and I think you can name. You can name six or seven better teams of QBR this, this year, can't you? Yeah. So Maybe that's a good thing, though. I just, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a freaky division. There's never been two, I don't think, two clubs as big as Villa and Newcastle. I personally think Villa will be a car crash again. But you, there's, terrible. there's never been two clubs that size coming down together at the same time. And it's there's also Norwich, who are basically bringing the team that got them promoted and the manager that got them promoted. It's exactly the same setup. Yeah. They're bringing that back again. There's, then there's also a lot of, sort of what you would call bigger clubs who've been knocking around in this division for ages and not doing much, who all seem to be getting their act together at the same time. So I'm thinking like Chef Wednesday, I think, they, I think they'll be mm-hmm. up second, yeah. second behind Newcastle, I think. Derby with Pearson, you know, right. even allowing for their annual choke. You know, you would think that they're going to be good. Wolves are just a wild card now. 
you know, Leeds, right. Leeds have actually signed well, although you would presume that the chairman will just burn it all to the ground, you know, midway through September again. But these are, you know, they're bigger clubs with bigger pulling power, more money than, mm. than we've potentially got to spend. I just say it's a tough li- this isn't the year to think let's ignore FFP spend 30 million on three players and have a dig at it because there's a really good chance you it's would miss out anyway almost in that division but, so you maybe need to spend a bit of time to look around and, and kind of get your bearings it's the problem is I think a lot of fans though expect Jimmy Void Aspen to get QPR in the playoffs this year don't they I still, well, yeah I still think yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think you should judge it because we were in the crown on Saturday <clears> and expectations were Pro- very realistic to the point of well let's not get sucked into a relegation battle realistic but if you look on yes. Twitter and face- Facebook in particular whenever the club post anything the replies are all we mm. oh, I don't care about the badge I care get a striker signed it's mm. all fur coat no knickers and all you know I just think I, t- I think in some uh, areas of the support expectations are st- are still far higher than they, they need to be and should be. Well, I think if you sit, we're in now August, in two months' time, if we're sitting here and QPR 14 15th in the league, what's, what's going to happen? We had a little, there was a little, what's, what's, what's going to happen? There was a little what scenario played Fans out. Fans are going to be on Twitter, be happy, tweeting and doing yeah. what they're doing with Ramsey. There's there's a li- suppose, suppose we talk about expectations, <coughs> we did spend £300 million. We have spent shitloads of money. Yeah, not and this that, season. Though. No, but in the past. So people have been, yeah, and that, there's a generation. And this is, this is medicine. Yeah, but if, if, if Clive, there's yeah. a generation mm. of fans who aren't as old as us. Who ha- have come to expect that exactly? So okay. th- th- maybe that's where it- I'm not defending. No, it. I'm yeah. just trying to look for where it comes from because I think it's insane and I think it's good we're, we're, we're not involved in that this year. I think it- that Burton Albion fixture on a Tuesday night at the end of September looms very, very large because we only need to not start particularly well. Yeah. have a ropey September oh, and get right. and get and get <laughs> beat at Burton. Get beat at Burton on a Tuesday night, and you just know you're going to be. Dr- we're going to be driving back from Burton that night. You're going to be looking yeah. at Twitter, and it's going to be Hasselbank out, jacket. In, this yeah, is wrong, jacket, that's wrong. Yeah. People, jacket in, jacket in, won't it? Jacket Jacket's the next gallon. That'll, jacket, be, that'll be what it will be. He's the next bullet in the chamber. He's already there, ready to what, go. Like, <laughs> well, you look at the reaction. Did you see the reaction after the Burton game? One all in pre season. Mm. It's a pre season game against a championship, fellow championship side. Nearly promoted. It's one all. We didn't, we didn't lose. We were, we, we were rubbish. And the, the, <laughs> the kind of reaction was, oh, it's going to be. Uh, I, I said, I, I kind of put a tweet out. I think. Be fine. Should another rebuilding campaign. Rubbish. Rubbish. Should be seventeenth, nineteenth. How can you base on? It's just ridiculous. Not, not going to be in a relegation battle. I don't, I'm going kind to of come back to bite my words. No, they're not going to be anywhere near a relegation battle. Dare I say? So what if we are seventeenth? Is that the end of the world this season? Well, that's what the club division. want. One place well, relegation, then that's what you get. I suppose they're going to say it's got to be. Yes, because if you're seventeenth, it means if you end up seventeenth, it means you spend the three months before that in a bad place, worrying, yeah. sacking this manager, sacking the next manager. It, and and basically making a whole load of rash decisions. True. We don't have to sack managers. No. But the the power of social media and the bad nature, they're just going to be... Well, this, this is QPR, we need someone to come from the bus. put whatever, what, what do you call it? Nail on the head? I can't even think of basic English now. Um, but um, when you say we're taking our medicine now, mm. and we've had a ruinous taking five our years. medicine, this is mm. at the wrong time because everything we've just been saying for the last ten minutes is so much money in the Premier League now. Every single player's forty million. They're yeah. just throwing the forty million is a new ten million, which means the quite good players and quite good managers are dripping down to the Championship. And we're not in a position to take advantage of any of that. It's like 1996 all over again. We've come out of the Premier League just at the wrong time. 
just as the money's got really amazing, mm. we've come away from it and we can't get back. We've we've got to accept that rather than chase but it. Won't I think. we? If, if won't we? If I look on that positively, shouldn't we be in a good position? to pick up a decent Premier League striker on loan at the end of August? Because they can only put 23 players in their squad. They're filling them mm. with loads and loads of players. So there'll be some decent players not in those squads, at, right? You look at the players they've been looking at, though. I mean, Bamford, you've got about 12 teams interested in him. You're not going to get Pritchard, I think. Mm. So all the, these players, yeah, I'll say too good for QPR, but I think those two particular players have done it. They, I think they want to be at teams going for promotion. And trying to get back into the Premier League because I think Pritchard's a Premier League player. Yeah. I'm not sure about Bamford. I know he hasn't really done any team loan spells. But I think he's, he's still got potential, isn't he? So we were t- we were the- talking on Saturday and saying <clears throat> that that loan market is is a potentially really good way of solving mm. this problem. The, what you've then got to say, Chelsea are not going to loan you Bamford for free. Mm. All right, they're going to they're going to charge a loan fee, a, a big one. And they're going to demand that he starts a certain number of games, regardless of how he's playing, what his form's like, what formation he fits into, and whether you want to pick him. They're going to want him picked, and you're going to have to pay, basically, to borrow a player. Now, I think Bamford would go very well in the Championship, but can you imagine, after everything we've done this summer, the last day of August, we bring Bamford in, we pay, say, a million pounds or whatever it would cost us to get him here. You're then saying to Washington, Poulter, and Cherry, well... We've had a look at you during pre-season and we didn't think very much to you. So now we're paying a million pounds and we're going to borrow this guy and he's going to play in front of you because he has to. Like Even if we think that you're doing better in training or whatever, Bamford's going to start because he has to. It's, Is that how it works for these players? Well, you look at Red- Reading paid two million for that Vidra on loan for the summer. And had the whole to, season, didn't he, last yeah. season? Yeah. That's, two, that's and he did, Vidra. Well, he'd probably be more Bamford, wouldn't he? We paid a million quid for a loan last season from Watford. Yeah. So... Okay, yeah, yeah. so. You know, mm. don't, it's, not, don't, it's not cheap. It's not. It's not like a. It's yeah, not it's, it's don't assume free, it's yeah. free, and yeah. don't assume it comes yeah. catch. You know, well, Pritchard would be a couple of. Well, I'm not saying you get him anyway, but that'd be a couple of million. But by the way, talking to Watford, is it just me that thinks that Troy Dilly had a tree in pre-season? He was apparently a- it's all Jim. I was sitting with a Watford fan, and he said he's like Akin Fenwer. If you if you take the shirt off, it's all Jim. But he he did look massive. He looked, he, he reminded me of Neil <laughs> Shipley. Yeah, last <laughs> well, bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you think so? I don't let's know. let's no, talk I about preseason. It's it's almost compared to the days of sort of tours that never end up materialising and and um, going to Cornwall and and playing sort of a couple of postmen and a few milkmen to get fit. It's been almost again the word that keeps entering my head is sort of sensible or pragmatic. It's didn't let in many goals. You know, there was no kind of massive horror stories from pre-season seems to against decent opposition seems to have been good preparation dare I say it on the pitch it looked it was very structured you know and the, the quality once we got back to the UK the quality of the opposition sort of improved game by game which is good I can't imagine the people that went to Holland to watch us play PSV only to have it mm. cancelled four days before the game would agree with your sort of assessment that it was entirely professional without disaster but yeah overall it's the best one we've had for years Mm. I think you look. Obviously, I think what kind of struck out to me is obviously Carl Henry's been involved in the game a long time, and he said Hasselbank is by far the kind of the most demanding manager in the kind of the, the training sessions. The, like the intensity of them is by far the greatest of his career. That, that kind of says a lot to me. Someone who's been involved in the game, Carl Henry, for has been involved a long time, hasn't he? So that I think, and I think they played for Kenny Jacket. <laughs> respects that. I think definitely respects that towards the manager, and I don't think it necessarily was there last year, which wasn't. 
No. I don't, they, were, don't why, they weren't fit enough to do what Hasselbank wanted them to do last year. He said yeah, he took, season, yeah. uh, mm. told a, a friend of mine at the kit launch, he, he felt that he, it was right that they had to have a ridiculously hard pre-season, properly hammer them, so that they were in a position to play as he wants to, to, uh, to play this season. The only thing, I was a bit concerned at Burton Albion when three people picked up muscle injuries in the first 20 minutes. I was like, have you, like, have you been hammering them too hard? Um, but I suppose time will tell. Poulter said last year he couldn't believe how easy pre-season was his first one in the UK. Right. And he said he's the sort of player mm-hmm. in Germany, he's used to coming back and having a horrendously hard pre-season and being ready to go. He said he couldn't believe how easy it was at QPR last season. So it'd be interesting to see if it's any better this season. Why do you keep mentioning Kenny Jacko out of interest? Oh, only because Sean said, uh, Sean and Clive said that, you know, you can, they were sort of future gazing that as soon as people start getting, as we pick up a few bad results, maybe you were uh, asleep during that bit, a few bad no, results, no, just, people will want Hasselbank out and people start talking about Kenny Jacket. I don't think, I don't think Hasselbank's under any threat. There's no jacket required. I don't know if it's Phil thing. Um, so but I suppose, I suppose if you bring Jack in, you can bring Joe with and that's another girl and they can sack. We definitely <laughs> said <laughs> Um, no, we, we're not asking for Kenny Jackets. No, Let's make that to... very clear. We but I, doing I think Hasselbank will see it this season, I think, because that's a really bold prediction. Well, no, because yeah. the thing of the whole layers, <laughs> but the whole layers thing then <clears> falls down. Yeah. And it can't fall down for layers, so this has to work. So that's no. why I think. Jimmy will be given a season unless we are horrendous. You'd, but you, you know our chairman and our fan base. I know them quite well, but I mean, it doesn't matter because if if you know you're right, then you stick to your guns. Then you have to just go for it and ignore. You know them. our chairman and our, and fan, our base. fan base. If we are if we're fifteenth, sixteenth in October, those guns will take some sticking to. Yeah, but then you just said that in the Crown, everyone's accusations was really low. I think. Yeah, but Fernandez doesn't stick to his guns. Does yes, it? but in the Crown, I'm talking to twelve people that I like. That many? Probably the only 12 people I like. No, but I just, I just think this, it's been so downplayed, I can't say that he is under pressure. I think the signings he's made have been sensible, that everyone knows what they're doing. And I think as long as the, the club keep putting the message out of the rebuilding, of we are trying to structure something for the future, I, I can't... I mean, you can't... I really hope you're right. Really hope you're right. Yeah. Well, you look at... I'm I know, never right. I know That's what worries me. <laughs> We look at when Rangers obviously started their season really badly under Mark Hughes. Was it was well, no winning twelve games. The players couldn't speak highly enough of them. So it's not if you get off to a bad start, the, pl- the players might really respect Hasselbank. But if he doesn't get a win in the first seven or eight games, what happens? Well, the reason why they like Mark Hughes is because he kept getting tanked and he kept picking them. Uh, I think a lot of I think Mark Personally. Hughes. Well, I think Mark Hughes is a good manager, but that's just yeah. But he com- he pull- he compromised himself with various rela- he com- you know he. Bought a an international keeper, regardless of Clive's opinion of Rob Green. Undermined him another one. He he he. That's the signing of bought Green was a disgrace. Yeah. Whatever I think of Green, that's a huge signing. That's, that's a huge but I'm not defending Mark Hughes because I can't stand him. And I was with Alan McDonald and Mark Hughes, his, his opinion of him. But we also had a board who kept saying we want we want um, big signings, we want to really impose QPR on the world. We want, we got to do this. And I suppose he thought, well, you give me the money, they give money. He went off and got big players who weren't very good because we wanted to sell... Like, you see, Park came in from Man U. He was really good at selling their crap. He wasn't so much good at the pitch. So a bit of that got on, and we've changed from then. We've moved on from there. The lessons have been learned from there. I hope so. Right, we're nearly at the end, you know. We've been going for about 40-odd minutes so far, and we've still got predictions to do, which we will do at the end. 
Um, and then what will happen is we'll make those predictions and then we'll never refer to them again. <laughs> but we'll still You've make You've done them. this to me before. You asked me to name my player of the season and it was my player of the season prediction. It was Samba Diakite. We never saw him again. <laughs> so you've got a few minutes to think of uh, your player of the season and your final position for QPR um, after the R's end, which isn't really the R's end because it's going to be the penultimate bit of the podcast. But anything and everything from either over the summer or anything else that we haven't talked about. I'll start with mine because mine is a functional podcast one. Um, we've got the shout out option on, on the website now where um, you can get yourself a shout out on, on the podcast. And this week is a chap called Simon Rain. So thank you for supporting us, Simon. Uh, also, a chap called John Cannelly needs to mention. He is uh, a member of the pod squad, which I mentioned earlier, but he's in the States. So he's done it two years in a row. He won't come on because he lives in the United States, but he still supports us. So it's very nice that someone listens to us from there. So thank you, John. Thank you, Simon. Paul, what's your R's end? Um, well, my, well, mine's basically a thank you to a number of people who helped me with my mum over the summer, which I've had a bad summer. Um, Mandy and Colette Miles and um, a guy called Noel at Octavia Housen, my mum's nan, Octavia Housen, um, who's a QPR fan. Nothing to do with him, but he just gave me some really good advice. He didn't put any strings. And um, some QPR lads turned up to me, moved my mum. And I, and I just want to thank them for that. And, I, I, you know, this, this club is very, very special. I know I moan about things in the pitch sometimes, but we have got the best fans in the world, in my opinion. And I want to thank them. That's it. Clive. That, that, that music they used to play in the background of uh, when Steve Wright read a love letter out at lunchtime. I don't know if you can find it. That was a Steve Ray. It wasn't uh, it was I Simon get... Bates, wasn't it? It was Simon Bates. First rule of comedy is factual. Get factual. Okay. Uh, okay, anyway. Play it in the background as I bid farewell to Armand Traore, who, you know, <laughs> threw, what, his, what an agent. What an agent. threw his body on the line for our club over such a long period of time. You know, we could always be relied upon there in the trenches, who uh, some, <laughs> somehow has got a three-year deal at Nottingham Forest. So, I mean, if you're looking for an outside... It's going to be brilliant. Injured at the minute, though, isn't it? If you're looking for an outside bet for relegation, maybe, maybe it's them. I think Blackburn will go along with the usual suspects. But anyway, got a three-year deal at Nottingham Forest, having not played any football yeah. at all at QPR for 18 months and been really awful before that. And a three-year deal. And on his debut on Friday night, at, they were playing at Alfreton. Uh, a known, you know, dominant force in northern football uh, turned up late, so was meant to start but didn't because he didn't get to the ground on time. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, it gets so much better, mate. <laughs> so they put him on the bench after the game had started. They brought him on at half time. He played the second half, scored an own goal. They drew three three with Alfreton, who I think are now Conference North. Farewell, Armand. Can I, Brave soul. Still scoring Great cross from Stoke away, though, wasn't it? Great cross for Mackie. Sorry, Sean, I've just got to do this quickly. By the way, it's our sixth season, and you guys are keeping this podcast going. It's much appreciated, and um, without you, we couldn't do it. And I know David keeps asking for things, and he's, he's right too, because of course, a fortune to keep this going. But we do appreciate your support, and um, hopefully, you'll still like us in another six years. Although, personally, I want to tour his agent. <laughs> Carry on. Sean. Um, mine probably be, hopefully, uh, there's kind of been discussions with a couple of people recently about Stan Bowles. Yes. Um, hopefully, um, something can be sorted in terms of a benefit game. Shouldn't be a problem. Well, yeah, there's going to be like a meeting with the club after the transfer window, so hopefully um, there can be some discussions and something can be sorted for him, because I think 
because obviously his conditions obviously worsen as time goes on. So I think hopefully the club will put something on from. I know to be fair they've had a, a set up a go fund from last year and obviously the Rotherham game, but I think it'd be nice to put on a game for him. Maybe you just I think mm-hmm. I think I think, they were, I think there would be a te- I think that you could you could get. 10,000 fans, 15,000. You've got they're Brentford, actually, you've got Carlisle. There's loads of his former teams, I think. But they're actually talking about doing a benefit just to get his family a holiday. Yeah. Um, if only we had a chairman that had a playing company. I said that in the live podcast, I've said it again. Mm. Um, it's all so easy, isn't it? You could easily have a benefit game. You can of course you could. Chuck well, yeah, them 500 quid. Is, there, is, like, there, is there a huge movement to not have a benefit game? Exactly. I think it's like, so, so easy. Fair, so they've got the, it will happen. A window and I think they'll. I think what, something what the club should do every year on the tenth of the tenth is put a different style of Stan Bullshit out from an iconic stage of his career in the seventies, sell it, and half the proceeds or all the proceeds go to his family. Because these are players that played without money in them days. They played for the love of the game most of all. Well, Stan played the wind never one up, but to be the thing that he was, and he, he was a great player. And we'll never ever see the Lakers. I mean, people have named their dogs after Stan Bulls, their children after Stan Bulls. He is a QPR legend. We shouldn't be asking for this game. It should be happening. OK. Uh, right. All that remains is um, predictions. Yeah. So, where will Queen's Park Rangers finish and who will be, who will be player of the season, Sean? Keep off in his 10th and Sharon Cherry will be player of the season. OK. I think Sharon Cherry will be player of the season... And I think not far behind, you could be surprised and it could be Stephen Colker. Just basing it on the love that there appears to be for him from the management and this rippedness that you talk of. And <laughs> as in, in his physique. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, don't live with the guy. But <laughs> I, I, I feel like with predictions, it's like I can never predict that QPR will lose. So even if it's illogical, I'm going sixth. Next. Clive? 11th and Poulter. No Poulter, no party. Uh, no Poulter, no... Party. Oh. Heard that before. Somebody's Twitter handle. Yeah. It's somebody's Twitter handle. I love it. There's a lot of... I, I, I'm going for... Um, actually, I don't, as long as we don't get relegated and we play with pride, passion and... Poulter. Pe- and, and people work... Pride, passion and Poulter. Yeah. <laughs> and people work their arses off and then all we want is players not to leave anything in the pitch to so go out there give their all and leave no one has tried nothing else matters and we've had nothing like that for a wee while some of it but not all of it it'd be great to have that again and I'll be happy with anything then and I think the player of the season will be a toss up between Hall and Cousins nah and not, I'd love it to be Connor I'm, Washington I'm not letting you get away without a prediction <laughs> yeah, for where we're going to finish I'm going I'm going for 10th okay um and before we very quickly before we finish, quick predictions for Saturday. I'll well, go. Nothing could play on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Quick prediction Sunday, for Sunday. Sunday breakfast. Sunday breakfast. The traditional yeah. opening day of the season kickoff time. Sunday brunch. I'll go one all. Sean. Two one lead. Clive nil nil. Ooh, really? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> green to save a penalty. Yeah, green to save three penalties and ride out at the end of the game on a spaceship or you something. You can have the last word. <laughs> That'll be a first. Um, I think we'll win 1 0 and Leeds will sack the manager. <laughs> well, that, that second one will definitely happen. Thank you very much for joining us uh, today, folks. Really good uh, pre season pod. Uh, we'll be here most Mondays from now on. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Open All Else. You are.
You pay off. You pay off.